river kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 131. So, when last we left Stagthorn, you were at the Safe Harbor Festival and all was glorious. Yeah. Peace had been offered to you. Yeah. Peace at almost no price. Yeah. And yet you had turned it down. Yep. Titania seems upset, as upset as she's capable of getting. Yeah. Which, in all fairness, that's the level of upset she was about Mordecai, so, you know. Yes. I think she's taking this pretty seriously. So, she has offered Stagthorn eternal peace. And has told you that, um, you know, if you don't accept, she doesn't necessarily control everything that happens next. That people may be hurt, that people may die, and that she will regret that. Yet, nonetheless, you have turned her down. Yes. And then you had spoken to Tristan about it. Yes. Who had basically said, um, together stronger than apart, they offer choice to mortal heart. Oh God, they're swords. Oh God, what do you do with a sword? Yeah. And then sort of ran away. Yeah. And then I believe I talked to Michaela. This is my... I know I talked to someone. You talked to Michaela about Tristan earlier. Yeah, right, yeah, yes. And then I talked to Tristram, and that was pretty much where we left that be? I think so. Yeah. I think you'd, you'd called your, um... Your... See, your inner council together, your yeah. PCs, to talk to them about what... Um, oh, yeah, I think I talked to the group together, but possibly without, about what was happening, but possibly without Tristram, because because he was still recovering. We can go back and, um... No, that's okay. I think that, that, that rings a bell. So, um... Caelan wants to talk to the council and potentially make an announcement to the people to let them know what's coming. Yep. And then he wants to go to White Rose Abbey. Yep. 
bio planes. So, you are in with your council. Uh, Tristan is not here. Yeah. Um, for the first time since the, um, the very beginning of the kingdom, in fact, this is about the first council meeting he has ever missed. You know he's gone, like, a page has gone to tell him. Yeah. And he's nodded, said, mm-hmm, and did not show up. Yeah. Everyone else, however, is here with Baldwin. Yep. Alright. So, I'm afraid our um, time of peace this time was pretty short-lived. This is like still festival day, isn't it? Because you've more or less called them immediately. Yeah, we don't have time to um, mess around here. Yeah. So, Chief Sutscales looks at this. Uh, and laughs to himself, almost sardonically. <laughs> we didn't even finish the one festival of peace. Nay, but it would seem that the peace is the problem. Dagobark, Mavon, Mavoy. Ah, uh, nay, I'm afraid it's the first world. Two centaurs at the table look warily at each other. And there's a little bit of sort of muttering and that sort of thing, and Christopher Rossi just kind of quietly holds a hand up. Tell us what you know, Your Majesty. And I will explain a bit about Titania, and that I have been working with her for some time. And then I will explain what she wants, and what she's threatened to do if she doesn't get it. Well, son of a bitch... Says Lillian. <laughs> Aye, I know. Previous years we had a little bit of time between one crisis and the next. So, you have been carrying on some sort of secret affair of a sort with this woman for quite some time. Nay, not an affair. I've been working with her. And... She's given us a lot of help, and my eyes will flick to Rossi at this point, who um, would not be here. Yeah. But there's some things that she's done that have harmed people here, too, and my eyes flick to Bryn. I didn't know as much as I do now about what she was really doing and what she was really planning. If I'd known what I know now, I wouldn't have accepted her help. But that help did save us against did help save us against Mordecai, and I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't had her help with him and with the tomb and with Javon. Maybe we needed that help then to be where we are now. But maybe the price was or maybe the price was too high. Either way, if it wasn't now, it's come faster because I've been working with her. But this threat has loomed over these lands for longer than Castruccio or Avetti had been alive. This was always coming. We just didn't know it. Huxley, who keeps reasonably quiet generally, actually pipes up at this point. 
the Lord Thorn is right. In any event, it does not matter how we got into this situation. What matters is that we are in it. We have to deal with the reality in front of us. What is it? What, if anything, can we expect this Titania to do? Well, she can grow a forest where there was a mountain. So quite a bit, I would think. There's only so much she can do without my consent, which will slow the process somewhat. But she's going to try and complete the process, and in the meantime, she said there'd be consequences for turning her down. I'd expect some sort of attack on our lands. Some sort of creatures of the first world. And the old Beldame. Yes, I think you have that quite right. As Lord Tristan knows, and her eyes go across the empty chair for a moment, and then she sort of um, continues, like, like she's expecting to just sort of defer to him. You yeah. know, Lord Tristan can tell you that, oh, right, okay, no, it's me there. Yeah. There are any number of powerful, impossibly powerful and strange creatures in the First World. We've seen... Several of them have seen what happens when the First World's energies bleed into a house, the giant owl bear, and the likes of that. The Fae, the citizenry, the creatures that we have, there are other such ones on the other side. And, well, Titania is obviously not capable of simply bottling us up, or it would already be done, and we would have no choice in the matter. It is. She sort of pauses. Think about it like cooking a pie. No, no, something a man folk would understand. Think about it like an army. You do not simply reach out and seize Pytax immediately. immediately. You have to extend scouts, map the land, move your army in piece by piece to occupy the city. It isn't simply done overnight. Her. Troops is wrong. People is wrong. The creatures of the first world will be appearing with or without your permission. She certainly has the power to thin the veil between the realms if she was crossed across. It's a matter of inserting cracks into it until you can leave her wide enough apart. We need to be wary of these cracks. Patch them where we can. I don't know what they'll look like, but she spoke about deaths she shouldn't, couldn't control. She is the sovereign of a sort of these creatures, but she no more commands them than you command any individual soldier in your army. You may give them a broad direction, but you do not swing your swords for them. We are talking of, we, we are talking but thing, things that can often be of a very bestial nature. Fey trolls, uh, fey trolls and the like are far from human. He says and goes quiet and sort of again looks at Tristan's chair like he could explain this. So we should prepare for fighting then. I want to know what's happening out across the land. Uh, I need the council's position. We need, um, Budget and Leon nods at this. 
more wardens and more 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 warden staff and lots of them. We need to know what's happening across the land as quick as we can get the information. But we're pulling we need to pull people out of the lands we've been watching of the glass area. Uh, at last the um Scouts we posted to Fort Draley, the, the area in Fort Draley will not be coming back. Uh, they seem happy enough where they are, but as we've no way to get them out, we don't want to risk any more men in the same. We'll have to watch those areas from afar as best we can, rather than um, putting people too close. I agree with that, Mr. Chief, Mr. Chief of Scales. Until we have some idea what we're fighting, we can't just feed people into these bottles. Nay. And this... People complain, though, was going too much on the defensive with Pytax, and they proved right. But this isn't a war we can... We need to hold up for a longer defensive time. How or if we can take the fight outside, elsewhere is a bit more of a challenge. There are things we can do, and Kaelin will draw Relentless Hunter and put it on the table mm. and separate it and put it together. I believe it's not a coincidence I've been given these. They were meant to stop this. And I believe that there is more help of that nature I can acquire. I'm going to be heading out shortly to try and see what I can acquire in that regard. This is our land. To my mind, it's been stolen from us. Well, I'm not of that. I will have I will have the armies not raised and activated, but put on an early put on an early alert. I do not think it is likely that this would be a matter of mass battle if Titania was capable of manifesting vast armies within our walls, then surely she would have already done so. Armies fighting, it's not in her nature. She doesn't have the capacity to general. She, it, but she can, things that are big enough kind of come with their own built-in army. But there won't be much of tactics about it. Any great force, any great force of soldiers or individuals coming from the first worlds, as the old building, would slip in through a gap in reality. They could, in theory, be plane shifted in here, but there's a massive amount of power. More likely, they'll come from the areas where the where the gap in reality, the veil, is already thinner. We know of a few of them, and she will get out the map and start marking. Like mm-hmm. if an army of people turns up, they're probably going to turn up from some locations that you already know, like the Unicorn Grove or on top of um, uh, Mount whatever it was in Brathland in Pytax's lands. I want to warn the people about this. Not, I think not today. I'll let them have this festival. Let them have a few days. But when I get, I think when I get back. Do you intend to tell them everything, my lord? Says Christopher Rossi. Planning on it. There will be unhappiness. Certainly there are several of those in the kingdom who would have taken Titania's deal in a heartbeat. 
Caitlin's eyes flip to the empty chair. I, I know. I'm planning on telling them they can go there, they can go to one of those places if they want to. He nods at this. Although, if we then end up in a war, we may end up against Every war comes with prices. And because you allied with a man today doesn't mean you might not fight him tomorrow. That's just part of war. If we don't tell them everything, then they won't understand why they're being attacked. And it's important to me that people know that the little Fae who live here are still citizens of our kingdom and that there aren't to be reprisals against them. I follow your line of logic, Lord. Your points? People will sort of generically make preparations, but there's only so much they yeah. can do against some, some, unknown. some unknown forces maybe turning up from somewhere at some point. So, um, basically the plan is um, I'm going to get Michaela to um, prepare the um, recall spell that she's got, yep. and then I want to take her out with me to go to the Tripartic Stone. Now, do you remember what happened the last time she went there? She... No. I remember Tristram um, got very unwell. Did she... Has she never been there? Um, she came down and tried to use Magic Device, yep. I think, and wasn't able to get through. Uh, okay. Um, Can you tell me what it is that you're remembering, and I'll, um, I may have forgotten it? Uh, that she lost her spells last time she went down there. Oh. When she went within a certain oh, um, because, radius. Oh, because her power comes from Savannah. Her, spell, her spells just vanished. I forgot that, yeah. And I believe you'd, you'd literally clocked it to once we go past sort of the invisible line, yeah. you know, X miles out from the, I believe it's three miles out from the... Yeah. Um, the monastery, they reappeared. Yeah. She didn't, she wasn't um, deeply inconvenienced, like Tristan got sick. Yeah. Michaela just went, something's very wrong. She found the concept very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, because I could take, the thing is, I could take Svetlana instead, because she's got teleport. She could just take us out of there. Um, what she doesn't have, I don't think, is a lot of ranks and use magic device. But I could just try and make it untrained. No, but Michaela doesn't either. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll just. All right, I'll take Switlana down. I, um, and um, then she can bring us back. The main thing is I've got you know if, if we so I'll basically tell people that they're just you sending and let me know if something attacks the kingdom. But basically, you don't know. Um, 
you understand what's happening with Tristan when he goes there, he gets sick because it's not meant for Faye. Yeah. Um, when Michaela goes there, all her divine power just cuts off. Yeah. Which she sort of took as a sign from Savannah that I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. But there's nothing actually preventing her from doing so. It doesn't infringe her choices. It merely removes all her divine spells, which is not the entire extent of her capacities. Yeah, but I th- I'm I'm happy to take that as a lead. No, I'll go down there. I'll take Svetlana with me then. And she's got the she's got the teleport. She does have teleport, doesn't she? I do. Yeah. So she can bring us home if there's trouble. I I understand. And we will. We will ride out. So I'm not going to go and see Tristram before I go. Yeah. I'm going to, because it's it's the same day, so he's literally asked me to give him some time. Yeah. So I'm going to try and see it when I get back, you know, which may mean stuff's happened in the interim, but there's only so much I can do about that. Yep. So... When you go to assemble yourself ready to go out, and Kaylin goes off and gets all his weapons and armor yeah. and all this sort of thing, and this is mostly stuff that you do in the background. You, yeah. you check your weapons, you oil them, you sharpen them, blah, blah, blah. There's 20 minutes of maintenance. Yeah. This is a well-versed task to you. You've done this hundreds and thousands of times before, but the weapons now feel clumsier in your hands, you slip and drop one on one point. Um, as if all the good fortune that you have had, all those moments where you haven't slipped in the mud and fumbled and rolled those ones are now catching up with you. Like all your bad luck is bouncing back on you. Uh, and so, at this point, you lose the capacity that Titania gave you. Always a chance, yep. And gain a new one instead. Oh. Um. There's a chance of ill luck. Oh. Which is effectively you now fumble on ones and on twos. Ouch. And both of those are auto fumbles. If you roll a two, you miss automatically, regardless of what else you have obtained. Other things are happening to the other guys as well, yeah. which you can track now or not. Uh, Svetlana will not see any effect. She has no boons from Titania or Goshimans. I think, um, again, I won't find out about Tristram, but when I detect that, I will um, check in with Michaela and Bryn. Yep. So... Because, you know, they're, they're right here. Yes, now that you mention it. I thought it might have been the stress, but it's becoming more frequent. I... Since we took the boons from Titania, I have remembered what was not. The other lives that I could have lived, lived the ones in which I was a vintner, a painter living alone in the woods, a politician, any number of 
combinations, any number of skills and choices that I made. I could remember them in parts if I had lived them when I focused on it. Now I am losing parts of them. I remember being in my cabin in the woods painting, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference between the Zua shade and the turquoise anymore. You use eggshells to seal the outside of a painting, but I'm not sure how. And she says, and swallows slightly, keeping her fairly usual iron control after this. It's happening to your own memories too. I remember the biscuits that my mother used to make. How they smelled. That we cooked together with the oven because it would heat up the room to keep the snow outside. But I cannot remember what goes into them. I remember meeting your father, Lord Eldis. I remember the arrangements we made. I remember his loyalty. I remember the first job he sent me on that I succeeded at. But I cannot remember who it was or what I was doing. Everything is... Faded. It's hard to I from her I gained what I had not done. Now I'm losing what I have done. Uh, she is being penalized on all her skills and minus four penalty to everything. Oh she she literally it's effectively supposed to be she's got X points of bluff which is based on her experience mm. in bluffing people and blah, blah, blah. But she's now missing moments where that happened. Effectively, she doesn't remember how to use bluff to achieve X because she's lost the memory of the time that she did that in. Ouch. Yeah, hers is the worst. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. It's possible this will pass in time. With either sufficient time or with the tenuous defeat. I... I would hope so. Certainly I... I take in mind kind of personal, but I, I take that a good bit more personal. I... Knew it was risky to trust her. But I didn't think it would lead us here. Never thought I'd be leading Tristram against his own people. Like you said. We we both knew that there was no such thing as a free lunch. We needed power, we needed the aid. Without it we would not be in this position today. But I can't imagine having our souls devoured by Vordekai is a big improvement on where we are. And would it really be better to be in the position where we assume we'd manage to surmount all these things without her. We defeat Eater of Eti, and we think that we're safe, but we're not, and we don't know it. What would have, how would we have found out that this was coming? Losing what was 
troubles me, but I am still well and I'm still alive. If I had to make a trade again, I would. I'll take heart. I thank you. Reluctantly, I will go see Bryn. Okay, and Bryn's one is less, significantly less notable. Yeah. Um, when you talk to her, she sort of goes, mm, uh, okay, let me think about that, because I haven't noticed anything obvious happening to me. Um, she then sort of sits and thinks about it and comes close to you and nuzzles into your neck and then goes... You usually smell good, husband. Like, like Caleb. <laughs> it is like I'm not a poet to describe the scent in the other ways. You smell like the elf, and you smell like Caleb. What you're supposed to do. She goes over. She rummages around. She sniffs a couple of things. She gets out a tender twig and lights it, and holds it up and shakes the smoke under her nose. Titania gave me a wolf scent. Uh, because, among other things, she gained from that scent as an actual ability. Yeah. The ability to do the magic smelly stuff. Um, she says it is gone. Along with all of it. So she cannot smell at all. Um, and the other one Titania gave to her was... Um, Effectively, wolf's hide, adding her constitution to her armor. Yeah. Um, which is substantively harder to test because it's not yeah. that her skin has actually hardened or anything yeah. in that neighborhood. It's more it's metaphysically made her faster yeah. and tougher. Um, so she will literally get you to take several swings at her yeah. experiment with this. Um, and now she is getting actively penalized on that. Her AC has dropped. Yeah. She's lost the bonus to start with, and then further to that, her AC has dropped. Yeah. Which is, I figure that's not the kind of thing she's going to work out on yeah. a casual day-to-day basis. Where, where you might work out your armor feels ill-fitting, and you yeah. just don't feel comfortable in it, and you've lost your armor training, it's, it's her skin. Yeah. She'll notice it as soon as she gets into a fight. Um, I'm not happy to hear that. We'll get we'll get it sorted out somehow. Still, it is life. As I grow older, my senses will dim. These things happen. Yeah. We will work this out. We have an enemy. We will kill her. I don't know if it's going to be as simple as that this time, but we'll defeat her. In the end, I find it's always that simple. Yep. Alright, and yeah, I'm going to I don't know what's going to happen when I go out. I'm going to I'm going to go try and find Tristram. It, yep. And it, I'll just accept, if he says he doesn't want to talk to me, I'll just accept that. Yep. But, you know, it's been at least several hours, if not. And from your bane, from Titania, you will basically notice this as you will just wander around mm-hmm. your day-to-day life. It's it's not that Caelan has become a worse warrior. You have not mm-hmm. lost your proficiency with your weapons or any of your skill or any of that sort of thing. It's that those moments of ill chance where there's the wrong 
piece of mud under mm. you or someone backs a horse into you or whatever mm. are now happening more frequently. Mm. I will see if I can find Tristram. In the absence of a particularly extraordinary effort, you cannot, nobody yep. has seen him in you know, an hour or so at this point. Alright. Like, this is, you are not um, exactly uh, turning the kingdom upside down hunting for him at this point. This is, you know, has anyone seen Lord Tristan? No, he was here and then, you know, he was around and then he wasn't. Mm. All right, at that point, I'd kind of like to at least see if I can find him and see if he's okay. If you want, uh, give me a kingdom um, stability check. What is the best? Method of tracking down who's seen him, where is he, etc., etc. Um, You've got my kingdom sheet there. Reasonably, apparently, um, nothing obvious has happened to him. His corpses yeah. are not splattered with blood or anything in that neighborhood. Yeah, but. Um... I don't make that. I cannot find him. So. He has been seen by a variety of people. Um, he has not been seen leaving the castle, although given that he has a magical flying horse and can be invisible, there are any number of ways. And, to and an instant dimension. At least don't forget the ring that lets the ship plane shift. Yeah, yeah, there are any number of ways he could get out of the castle without being seen or detected yeah. anyway. So that's largely meaningless to this distinction. Um, what is apparent is that he is not obviously anywhere accessible and you're pretty confident in the assumption that if he's gone somewhere he's probably gone voluntarily nobody is reporting shouts disturbances signs of violence anything like that all right well that's good enough for now then he's gone off on his own because he wants to be on his own and i'll um think about not respecting that and then respect that where he has gone he you know he could be hiding down in the kitchens. He could have walked out into the woods. Yeah. He could have um, flown into the sky on his magical flying horse. Yeah. All right. And at that point, I will gather up Svitlana and we will head out. All right. So. If you wants to get there with particularly compelling compelling speed, she can or better you there. She can teleport? Yes. Um, she, does she know the area well enough? Well, she can certainly teleport a hell of a lot closer than... Um... Uh, effectively, the, the penalty you're running is the risk of um, the A, the spending of a purple spell, and B, the risk of um, accidentally teleporting somewhere else, although that's not a Massive one. Yeah, no, I'll take it. I uh, I want to go fast. Uh, 
Yeah, she um, spent a bunch of time down in the area with the skull fence, and that's only two hexes over. Sure, so she that's would pretty t- much her plan. Yeah. She's going to one of the campsites that you've been at, as opposed yeah. to White Rose Abbey, which will cut a couple of days off your journey. Yeah. On the one hand, this seems a little ridiculous. On the other hand, we have no idea what is going to happen tomorrow or how much time we have left. I'm not going to be the kind of king that teleports um, places just to show off like Drelev, but this is the this is the time we need. And I think this is the first, possibly the first time she's teleported on screen. Yeah, I think so. Um, so what she says, pretty well then. I think I think Anastil will take it poorly. If these powers were refused simply to zip about the kingdom for my own amusement, but under the circumstances I can understand it, we need to take the road less travelled. And she turns, reaches up into the air, waves a hand, and a string of vines grow rapidly out of the ground in a moment and form an archway, a door. Oh, neat. And one of them reaches out and turns into a little handle knob that's sticking out. She reaches, turns that, and pulls it open. And as she does so, you have the briefest sensation of galloping down a well-developed road at high speed on horseback. And then you are indeed on horseback because you're presumably taking your horses with you. Yeah. she can teleport them easily. Yeah. They don't need a pair of you. Um, you are on your horse galloping out across the plains of Pytax. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So I've knocked off a day for prep, travel, prep, prep, and tra- prep and travel. Yeah. Plus, it was already sort of um, we were quite advanced in the day when Tanya decided to drop her little bombshell because I'd actually been doing the festival. Yeah. So. Okay. And. Nothing alarming is happening in Pytaxia. There are no black skies, red moons, obvious problems. Yep. And we will head to the Abbey in White Rose Hill. Cameron's pretty familiar with it. Yes, indeed. He's been there a couple of times. This time is a little different, however. I have the sword back in matchless sentinel mode. Now I'm not fighting giant trees. You do not hear the... Um, you do not hear that faint chuckle. Yep. Um, nor is your neck penetrated by a horrible, bloody arrow. Yeah, well, that's nice. I, um, definitely, um, the, um, Gaitain being dead is one of those little comforting things, given the, um, success with which he ambushed me. Um, this area has been cleaned since you were last here. Like, you, you'd sort of taken care of the bodies in yeah. Life, presumably. Yeah, because I, um, I burned Gaitan's body. Yeah. But effectively, it looks like Erevetti has either come back up or sent people up or what yeah. have you, and cleaned out the golems to generally tidy out the area, but yeah. there are no forces opposing you left here. Yeah. Presumably, uh, either because they've left once he's lost forces of Pytax have been pulled back, or because he's just thought it's kind of pointless to leave four golems up here to kill you, 
given that you can eviscerate your way through them. Well, also, um, in, in, in a scenario where now Editor Vetti wanted me to come up here and do this. Yeah, well, that's true, too. And frankly, if he had left defences, I would expect they'd be in the event of my death if switch off defences, because he appeared to have quite a few, the angles pretty well covered in that mm. regard. Alright, so to remind you, you've got sort of the, the, the chapel here, and then inside it, it just curves oddly around nothing in particular. Yeah. Um, and on the outside, when you go there, you now see it with ease because you were looking for it. There is a big sort of time-worn triangular boulder there um, that is oddly shaped like a three-sided pyramid um, and has three marks. On each side, time is not erased, bastards towards all three. And as you go near to it, you can feel the energy humming off this, and the sword vibrating slightly in its sheath. And Svetlana says, I can feel energy in the air. It's coming from the tripartic stone, and, and it's coming from you. Yeah, I, I think it's... This is... This is where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing. I just don't quite know how. We have tried this before, laying our hands upon the boulder, seeing if we can move it, activate it, make it respond to us. It didn't work previously, but now we there's more energy here now. Well... Possibly this, then, and I will separate the sword. And immediately, you feel the air hum and change, as you can now feel the air is thick with palpable magic here. The swords are vibrating gently in your hands, sending enough energy to shake your arms up and down, as if the energy in the atmosphere has just doubled the moment you separated. And I will experimentally give one sword. I will give Blight to Svetlana. The energy dims. I will take Blight back. The energy doubles. And then I'm going to go up to the stone. Yep. Um, and I think it's got three sides. Yep. I can... I put one hand with one sword on one side yep. and one hand with one sword on the other side. Yep. And see what happens. And you can feel the tripartic stone waiting for your will. And at this point, you need to give me a use magic device check uh, at a plus 20 bonus for each magic face sword you are carrying. Okay, that is, that is quite the bonus. Alright, so... Alright, I rolled poorly. So that is a 46. And you feel the energy flowing into the tripartic stone and it begin to respond. This is, in fact, easy. Sweet. <laughs> you, think with, you think with no swords, you would have to be a phenomenally gifted um, person at manipulating magical devices to make this work. Uh, it is a difficulty 40 check. Yeah. Um, with a sword, you would have to be quite skilled. Yeah. 
Um, with both, it is almost an inevitability. You would actually have to be actively incompetent to not be able to do so. Because the plus 40 bonus is what I need to make the check. Correct. You would need to have horrible negative charisma or, like Erebeti, some sort of external, external penalty. penalty. Yeah. Well, I've deliberately brought two just plain mortals down here as well. There's nobody here who's not supposed to be for, here. For example, if you brought Tristan down here and got him to do this... Um, it's entirely possible that he might be able to do it with both swords, and if he had put the effort into use magic device that he put into his knowledges, yeah. then there'd be no question about it, because yeah. his, his skills are such that in theory if he decided to be a use magic device character he could easily have, you know, he's got 21s to his knowledges, yeah. he had 21 to that, yeah. then it's cool, I get a plus 20 from having this sword and a minus 10 penalty for being a fey, I just yeah. need to roll a moderate amount, and yeah. it's still open to me. Um, the tripartic stone begins to vibrate with the energy in the air and the stone does not go anywhere it's the world that goes Ah. somewhere as your world melts away around you um, Svetlana sees this happening and starts to melt slightly away as well and puts a hand on you and goes with you yep um, if you are not expressly bringing Windstrike into this, then he is not coming. Svetlana's horse has been abandoned. Um, I think, um, I will probably have talked this over beforehand yeah. and proposed him staying at the Abbey. Because I mean, you control this process at any point. You can just go, no, I cease activating. No, I, I, I think we'll just have me and Svetlana. We don't know what kind of terrain we're going to be crossing. Yep. Um, so, but he does know, because he's Windstrider, he knows that we've come to, sorry, Windchaser, I Windchaser, yeah. Um, Windstrider, that's Tristan's one. Yeah, Winch, because he's Windchaser, he knows that we've come to, of course Tristan named his magic construct horse. <laughs> yes, of course he did. Because um, he, he named it because you were using it in the, um, in, in the swamp. In the swamps and the yeah. marshes. Yeah. So, like calling it roof, I mean. It's, uh, in the mud flats and barn holes. Is yeah. Where I first got it. Yeah. So, um, and then I took him out to lots and lots of swamps. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, because he's wind chasing, he knows what we're doing and why, so he's not going to be super startled when we suddenly disappear. Yeah. So, Svetlana looks at this and looks down. What an Aristotle's name. And you look around and out maybe 200 meters in in any given direction, the world has vanished into total blackness. Um, You, with the, the, what is shedding light here appears to be stars in the darkness. It feels like you are in outer space, effectively, but there's no sensation of a lack of atmosphere or flying or anything like that. What you are standing on, however, that is not making up the roof and the walls of this place is something very solid and made of paper. You are standing on a gigantic book ah. that is about 400 metres wide in every direction, um, made up of presumably a thick number of pages, and has small human-sized words on it in silver. And then very conspicuously over at that end of the book, um, there is a flow of water a waterfall flowing upward.
backwards and just vanishing off into space. And inside it, floating in the waterfall, there is a bastard sword. Okay. So Kalen's going to sheathe the two bastard swords that he's got. Yep, so he's nothing, got nothing appears to happen, and the energy that is vibrating off them has stopped as soon as yep. you appear in this place. They don't feel dead, they yep. just feel um, like they normally do. Well, I've been to some interesting places, but that's you. And he will crouch down and have a look at the words on the page. Yep. Because he reads Sylvan. Yep. I mean, I get that it's a giant area, so yes. he's just looking at the words on the page in the area where he happens to be standing. Yes. And you read them, and and you read them again, and you read them again, your, your mind sort of spins a bit. They are in Sylvan, and you can read the words, but no matter how much of the story you read, you can never get anything more than in the beginning. Alright, and Kelm will say. Like, like, it's like reading a book that's the size of a bedroom. You're, yeah. You're going. Huh? <laughs> Alright, okay. I, I can't follow that. But. It, it would take us weeks to read a thing of this size. And Svetlana will sort of move to the edges and reaches around at the edge of the book. She can reach into space. There's no solid wall there. You could presumably step off the book if you were so inclined. I'm not. She reaches around, like, lifts the corner of a page, and it does lift. In theory, you could go to the next page, a bit, you'd be moving it through you. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Oh, this is... I don't know if Tristan would be happy or horrified if he could come here. Do you have any idea what in the name of all the gods we are looking at here? Well, I'd say we're not in Galarian anymore. There's no way it's as easy as just what is just sticking your hand in the waterfall and taking the sword. Well, based on the last two times, when you try and claim the sword, that's when the giant monster jumps out. <laughs> out comes Thornbow. <laughs> It'd be great if we could just fight the giant monster now and then go get the sword, but I suspect getting the sword is what triggers it. And Kellen looks around, hopefully, in case a giant monster is about to jump from. It appears yeah. to be, like, really still and peaceful here. Alright. Well, it doesn't seem like anything's is going to happen if we just stand here. So uh, he will re redraw the bastard swords. If we are going to fight something, and he will combine them, I want to at least think about uh, fighting with this. And he'll combine them in matchless sentinel mode. Yep. Alright, here I am, and stay a little bit behind me, and then anything, if anything jumps me, you'll be well positioned to, um, you know, shoot it. And you take a step forward towards the sword, Yeah. and as soon as you put your foot down on the page, there is a dun noise, like a piano. Okay, lift my foot up, Yeah. put it down again. Well, that's going to get old. Dramatic background music plays as you walk towards the sword. Okay. Each one coming with each footfall, with no apparent source. It is coming from all around you. It's it's very... 
overdramatic, very yeah. much melodramatic. Yeah, Kellen swears quietly and orcish as he uh, moves uh, uh, as he moves towards the sword. Um, Not being the kind a uh, kind person who appreciates background music. You move towards it, and this gets you to about within three or four steps of it. As you take that step, four odd steps away from it, you get and there's a flash of light in front of you, and fireworks bursting out everywhere, and you hear a voice of, Here's Puck! Oh, right. <laughs> and in front of you, between the sword and you, there is what appears to be, what from your point of view looks like a young elven woman, the equivalent of about a 15-year-old or so. Yeah. Um, she has long white hair, pointed elven ears, is dressed in slightly mannish but attractive clothing, and is just floating in mid-air with her legs crossed and her arms akimbo, smiling broadly at you. And she says, and, and Kellen will actually sweep her a bow at this point. And Svetlana is just like, what the Oh yeah, I've got to remember, I've got in the room with Svetlana. Alright, be very careful about how I word this. How's that? Svetlana doesn't know who Michaela worships, mm. and that's a secret I should be keeping. So you get, here's Puck! Finally. Well, you know, I've been accused of being slow. Well, the important part is that you made it. And, of course, surely you were expecting this. Three swords, three, three swords, three tombs, three guardians, three champions, three masterminds behind it. Overall, Mab and Robin Goodfellow herself. I admit... I can't say I was expecting it, but it makes good sense now that I think I have a better idea what the three of you are up to. You are Puck, says Svetlana from behind. The one and only, my lady Liverton. You are a very strange creature. I am a mystery, an enigma, wrapped up in something delightful. I'm very pleased to meet you. Is there anything that you'd be wanting to be telling me? I, generally speaking, we're supposed to figure these things out for ourselves. Oh, well, says Puck, and sort of just floats slightly to the side and gestures you towards the sword. You could, of course, just take it. But if there's three, the last two had champions. She, she taps her nose and points at you. Now you're thinking... I mean, what fun would it be if I just let you take it? Well, there'd be the charm of the novelty in that. Mab chose to defend her blade with ice and the dead. And it was Castruccio who took it rather than you, but anyone who wanted Oberons had to suffer through plant creatures and wild beasts. Rrrr, yes. Three swords, three challenges, not for the unworthy. You understand we can't let just anyone have these things. I, I think I understand that well enough. Good news, though. 
This one's easy. Why am I not? <laughs> sweat, sweat louder in the background, just like that's funny. Why am I not thinking that's going to be you? It, it, how I see it? All you have to do is listen to a story. You asked if I had something to tell you. That's what we're all here for. So there's no chance I could just fight a giant beastie instead? Well, it's a good story. Interesting characters, action, you'll like it. And I have visual aids. Alright, hit me. <laughs> Can you give me a sound? Puck snaps her fingers, and the she just flies backwards out into space and is just kind of hanging around. Um, uh, actually, no, not in this first one. She kind of just flies around behind you, um, not really, in, not really hampering what you're doing in any way. She is always ten feet back, well out of way of whatever you're doing. Yeah, but not really helping either. She's yeah. just kind of flying around and talking to you. Yeah, I don't think she's here to help. The, she snaps her fingers, and there is a whir of pages, and the pages of the book begin to turn through you, and you have a rapid sensation of paper batting you in the face. And the world around you dissolves away from the book. And suddenly in every direction you are standing in a thick and wildly colourful jungle. Various bright neon colours, strange sounds coming from it. The first world. And Puck smiles and floats along behind you. So in Galarian's beginning, there was only the first world. You're like... That's what that's what the book said. Yeah, Mark is reading you the book. Yeah, I thought she, I, I thought that might be the case. In Galarian's beginning, there was only the first world, led by some extraordinary people, a family of sorts: the High Fey Oberon, Mab, Titania, with a little help from yours truly now and then. A place the likes of which your world has never seen: trees as tall as mountains. She gesticulates to one. Each creature stranger than the last. You can hear all sorts of weird jungly noises going on. And beware the Jabberwock, my son. And you hear something burble off in the distance. It is a wet, horrible sound. Not a roar, but a burble. And you hear somewhere before it begins the sound of a... Fierce, echoing roar of a dragon, and this loud, wet burble sort of blops over the top of it, and the dragon's roar is just cut off entirely. The first world. As you know, nothing lasts forever. If you want to see what happens on the next page, well, get to the edges. She vanishes. Yeah. Sweat vanishes. This is... This is madness. It, I understood that the tomb, Mab's tomb of the lost, had structure. Ice and the dead, yes, as she said, but this is... Now, in all fairness, we were very close to that. Uh, before we worked out the puzzle, we were very close to that black cloud eating us. But, yeah, I'm thinking this one might be the most challenging for folk of a linear mind. So we're here and in this jungle, right? So I don't see any pages. 
Oh. So we just pick a direction? If if it is the same structure of the book, then any given way is probably as good as any other. As long as we don't get turned around. Yes, that will be the trick. So we want to go either east or west. So let's find north and then go str- and then go straight east, straight west as best as we can. I have many things, but no woods woman. You have been to the first level before. I will follow your lead. I'd like to say it's not always like this, but it's always like this. Alright, as Kaelin will make a 22 on a survival check. Yep, which is what you need. You sort of turn and go, okay, so north is that way. I was standing close to the sword, so in theory if things the same, I'm probably slightly better to go west than east. So let's head this way, I'm pretty confident this is west. And indeed, you find there is no straight line between hither and thither. You're having to climb up trees, down dales, squeeze under roots, shift through caves. You have this sensation that you have been traveling for days at this point. Time is flowing very, very rapidly. It's not so much that you feel like you've, that you have memories of having climbed six mountains to get to the edges, but it feels like that on your body. Um, and, you start into this and look round, feeling like it's three or four minutes later, and Svetlana has just vanished um, from your sight altogether, and you hear now. What fun would it be if I let her? If I let you do it for her, <laughs> so she is having to do this herself, yeah, separately. Uh, you have the sensation that the jungle around you is full of wild and dangerous beasts, but your survival is good enough that you are not just stumbling blind into them repeatedly. It is, however, hot here, and you are tired and fatigued, and can you give me a fortitude save? Uh, 30. Yeah. You are, of course, <laughs> pretty hard man, though. Yeah. You find your way through here. You have been scratched by a variety of little things jumping out of the woods and scratching at you, but nothing serious. And you stagger out to what your estimation is this should be the edge of the book if it is the same size, and you reach out into a series of vines that start to wrap around your arms. You push them rapidly aside, and you are staring out into that black space again. And a moment later, Svetlana staggers out of the bushes next to you, and then we see how well she did. Yeah. Uh, she will actually make the survival check. Good for her. And the fortitude save. Wow. So she staggers out, and like you, she also has a few cosmetic scratches and bruises on her and some leaves matted into here, and there's just sort of a rustling in the jungle next to you, because your survival check's higher than hers, so mm. you get there first. And after sort of ten seconds behind you, Svetlana pushes away through the trees and appears next to you. Huh. I feel like I've been travelling for days. We may well have been. Huh. I can hope, hope not much time's passing in the, the world we're... in our world, but we can't swear to that. What fun would it be, says a voice behind you, if I just told you that? Um, Why not have something dramatic to worry about? Kaelin will sigh in a loud and slightly pointed manner. All right, Buck. 
we have passed your test. Uh, no less. That was just kind of part one of the test. Jake thought of this. I don't suppose there's any way you would just hand us the sword now. And miss the rest of the story? <laughs> no, no. Look there. And Puck waves <laughs> a hand out to the cold of space. And the pages begin to turn again. And at this point, the jungle around you fades, the book fades, and the world itself fades out around you, and you are just floating in space with all the stars around you. It is cold here, and kind of um, an eerie feeling, because you are standing on nothingness. Yet, you do not fall, you continue to breathe fine, and Puck floats back into your field of view and points at the stars behind you. So that was the first world. Outside that was something older. Something darker. And you notice behind her, one by one, the stars are beginning to go out. It is getting darker here. You know this part. The great old ones, the outer darkness, eternity of the void, and chaos. This isn't what it is, what threatens. But I really don't want to damage you here more than I have to. I appreciate that. In the darkness, there's a madness that would consume everything. And the high faith. She closes her eyes and looks sad for a moment. They knew the first world would die. That in time it would fall to them. Unless something was done, everything would simply be drained away. And as she says this, her voice goes quieter and quieter, and it gets darker and darker until Kaylin is standing again entirely separately from Svetlana, in total blackness, your dark vision does not penetrate it, and you have this sensation of things out there stirring in the darkness, something that you never want to see, but know that even though it is pitch black here, when they come, you will see them. And can you make me a will save? It's, um, among other things, it's pretty disturbing for Caitlin being in the dark because that's not an experience that he's really had. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's a nice way of thinking. I mean, also, he's not super happy about the creatures. Uh, that would be a 29. And you feel a cold chill go through you as something scrabbles at the edges of your mind, and your body begins to drain away slightly. You breathe and steel yourself and resist and then you hear the, the fluttering of pages again. And the darkness lifts instantly. Um, and you appear to be standing at this point on what is very clearly a wide battlefield. And there are great castles everywhere instead of space at the edge of entirely different shapes and styles and architecture all around the place, making up the edge of this book. And 
what you can see is that Puck makes a shh gesture to you and then flies to the edge where there are a couple of shadowy figures just lurking, watching this. Um, one of them is a tall man, one a slender woman, and one a slightly rounder, curvier woman. You have seen the shapes of all three of these before, and it becomes particularly obvious when Puck goes shh, flies up next to them and turns into a shadow of herself and joins them. Um, over on Mab, Titania, and Puck. And despite the fact that Puck has left the screen, you hear her voice in your yeah. ear as loud and obnoxious as ever. And so the High Fae gave up much of their power, and they gave up what was the first world to seal the outer darkness away as best they could, and created your mortal world of Galarian. And so begins the glorious history of mortals, a chance for others to thrive, Empires rising and falling. Just make your way through history. You'll want to see what happens next. And again, she snaps her fingers. Thank you. And you see coming out from the castle, castles all around you appear to be a bunch of... Well, people is not right. Um, But coming out one heartbeat behind each other, there is... A large fish squid-like thing just sort of flying along in the air, its tendrils trailing out behind it with one huge eye. Whether or not Kaylee ID that is another story, but I'll do the rest first. One thing that is very clearly a cyclops stepping out, big axe over its shoulder, one eye in its head. Um, One that appears to be a lizard man. Yeah, I was wondering but, if the next one was the lizard man. But not dressed in sort of the, um, the, primitive swamp the ragged lizard. primitive swamp stuff, but dressed in very fine sort of regal clothes that would make Tristan blush with envy. Yeah. In fine silks and this sort of thing. Um, you see an elf with paint, war paint on their face and an arrow, a bow and arrow appearing. And you see somebody with their helm pulled back. A shining, shining blonde hair, blue eyes, chiseled jaw, a human man riding on a horse at night. He reminds you very vaguely of Sir Frederick March, as if it has been modelled off him. Yeah. Without being him, per se. And all of them are wearing crowns. Yeah. So this is all the empire, the different empires and kings that have risen and fallen over the history of Galarian. And they begin to charge you. Ah, yeah. And... See, I told you there'd be action. (laughs) And now we're going into a fight scene. Okay. Welcome to the parable. Yep. So, at this point, I probably want to get out minis, because you are being attacked by an abolith, a cyclops, a lizard man, an elf, and a human. It's Valerian history. Yep. It's a show-don't-tell. Fuck operates from the show-don't-tell, huh? Cool of narrator. He has visual aids. <laughs> Big points for you, so far. Oh, that just looks just lovely. There was an Abolith Empire? Yes. A giant blob empire. Yes, this this is not the entirety of it, but this is actually Galarian's um, history. Yeah. In order... Um, 
admittedly, this is going from the ancient stuff and the modern stuff. Yeah. It goes, um, Amoliths, Cyclopses, as the major empires that yeah. formed. The lizard folk and the elves at more or less the same time. Yeah. Then humans. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that'll just be a delight. <laughs> hey, you know. I want the magic sword. I need. To, uh... I I didn't know whether you took this would be Puck's one or not. No. Right. But it makes it makes total sense. Because um, when I was trying to figure it, figure it out, I figured it would be Titania's because I didn't realize that she opposed this sword initiative. Oh, yeah, that makes a certain amount of sense. And you know, the the, the classic three is um, overall Mad Titania, but um, given the way it's set up, the um, the three of the I certainly have a better understanding why I couldn't talk about swords to Titania anymore uh, than I did before. What would you have been expecting from Titania's one, just out of interest? Uh, Mad was ice and the dead, or yeah. Mad was plants and wild beasts. Um. Some sort of um, heat and heat and summer. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Heat, summer, and um, creatures of light. Yeah, like um, deadly unicorns, um, possibly. Yeah, yeah, makes that makes good sense. But I'm just ripping shamelessly off Dresden files for the um, what I would have put in there. Oh yeah, because because I'm not shamelessly ripping off Dresden files at all. Well, in all fairness, I thought you were shamelessly ripping off Gargoyles. I can do both at once. Uh, yeah. Alright, so that's a unique use. We need the map to keep track of people, but we don't need, um... It's just a giant, um... It's just a giant Galarian it, it landscape? Is, it is a giant landscape that... Uh, puts you very vaguely in mind of one of the featureless battlefields of the River Kingdoms where you're just kind of fighting on the generic field. Yeah. Um, it, except that there are all these elaborate castles but yeah. they're off the map or yeah. on the outside. So it... you have a limiting amount of space, but it's vastly That's... more than the map actually shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is why I need to prepare this because there are lots of stats. Yeah. So, these individuals all step out from their castles. Yep. Um, a, a moment after each other, and there is the very dramatic of horns and trumpets going off. Each of them appears to be, you know, a skilled, built warrior, and they are all wearing crowns on their heads, including the Abolith, who looks totally preposterous with what appears to be a very Kalen-style yeah. classic human king's crown just perching on his slimy skull. Yeah. And they all roll into initiative, and the Abolith goes off on 24. Okay. The Cyclops on 9. Yep. Uh, the lizard folk on six. For him. The elf on seven. Good for him. And the human knight on fourteen. Okay. 
And then park at the bottom. And then park at the bottom. Yep. Okay, so we've got plenty of space, so I'll stash that here so we can both see it. And basically around the edges of the map, you've got the solid wall of castles, except in the one corner where you've got these shadowy figures just kind of watching it happen. Yeah. Alrighty. And <laughs> Team Avalith goes first. Yep. As you sense them stepping up with hostile intent, the goes, and action! <laughs> And, uh, Kaylin can give me a knowledge nature check. Okay. Well, no, I've heard a lot of that. Um, so it's a minus five penalty, isn't it? Correct. Uh, eight. Cool. So, you may or may not even be able to identify an avalith. Yeah. You, I, you have no ranks in history, but you can guess the context that yeah, presumably yeah. these things were in fire at some point. When I saw Cyclopses, I said, they're lizard folk. Yeah. And I certainly have the understanding of elves and humans. But, you know, this probably fits pretty well with Kaelin's history knowledge as well. You know, yeah, there yeah. was a mighty Cyclops empire, which I largely know about because Vordekai. There was a lizard folk empire, which I know about because historical lizard flow clockwork guys and um, they practically are el- they're realms and human empires now that's yeah. basically current knowledge before the elves before the cyclopses there was this, yeah there was something some else other presumably these fish things yeah apparently fish things but I'm kind of just taking Puck's word for that it doesn't make a lot of sense to Caleb um, it looks like it is kind of just swimming along, but bringing its own cloud of water with it. Yeah. It looks very clearly like a fish in an underwater creature, but it's just flying along on the battlefield in a bubble of water, yeah. apparently untroubled by this. Um, it reaches out one tendril towards you, and you hear a wet voice echoing your head. Beast of burden, you will service us. And something reaching to your mind, and can you make me a will save? Yeah. Uh, 26. As for a moment, you look at this thing and recognize its empire must have been magnificent. It is majestic. It wants and you should obey. This, you don't think the Avalithian Empire was based on, you know, fair and representative democracy or anything like that. You feel something seize control of your mind and try and twist you in its service and you push it away. Uh, That is Team Avalith that just kind of floats there. Svetlana, on the other hand, I can't decide if this is ridiculous or if we should actually be threatened, but presumably they can really hurt us. Oh, yes. We need to demonstrate that we're worthy, lass. Not dying is a good method of demonstrating that. Fair enough. She's like, I just, I'm in so far over my head here. This is, this is not what I mean. uh, She will look at the array of things around here. Well, if we are in for a battle, there's nothing we have not done before. Reaches up behind her and she will cast Flame Arrow, and her quiver of arrows catches fire. So, as 
she's really not confident about what's happening here and what the best thing to do is. Yeah. Tristan, ironically, would be in his element fighting in a literal fairy tale. But... Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we're standing on a book. I really wish I could have brought Tristram. And do you possibly now have some understanding of why Michaela has trouble doing this? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, um... Because you can't really use Puck's given powers to solve Puck's, Puck's challenge yeah. without cheating. Yeah, yeah. So she could do it just on a mortal skill. Absolutely. But, um, that is a significant handicap that Lana doesn't have. And that is... Particularly considering she's got a minus four, also got a minus four penalty to all her mortal skills. Svetlana has no compelling real desire to get any closer to any of these people, so she will step a little closer to you. Yeah. And gets her bow and points it around. Alright, um... Kaelin will, um... If you trying to say something, that's fine. If you're trying to take your turn, there's a couple more people in initiative. Oh, well. yes. Sorry. Caleb's um, so excited by the animal turn, he's trying to take his turn, even though it's more properly the Cyclops is going. So the Cyclops will step up, swings its axe above its head. Urukhan! Urukhnai! Turan! It shouts in giant. Yep. I have no idea what it's saying. Svetlana hears. Death to the enemies of the Cyclopean Empire. Your defeat has been foreseen. And it swings its axe and rushes flat forward towards you. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it's actually taking up these yes. four squares. I just didn't it's have large. a bigger bat. It's, right? it's large, so is the knight. Ah, yes. on a horse. Yep. Um, it rushes towards you and I don't think Caitlin has ever actually fought a living Cyclops before. You've seen Vorticae's yeah. great ones, however. Yes. Um, its eye seems to flash unerringly upon Svetlana and it begins to swing its axe and she begins to dodge directly into it as it aims where she's going before she moves. Oh, wow. And activates its flash of insight and decides what it's going to roll. Yep. Rolls a 20. Yep. And then rolls to see if it can confirm the crit on there. Yep. With its uh, triple crit great axe. Brutal. Uh, which... Uh, it will not do. Excellent. So the great axe cleaves into her, but it is not as brutal a shot. Ah! And Svetlana takes 20 damage. It's actually not terribly bad at all. Cyclopses can see the future. Yeah. Alright. Then the human knight looks kind of like Frederick March, who is the most classic paladin person you've ever seen. But as soon as he starts talking, you swear that you hear somebody doing... Um, a, a, a knockoff of Keston Garrison. Yes. Avant! Glory awaits! Glory for the human empire! Tell you ho! And we'll also charge Svetlana. Yeah. With his lance. Yeah. But there wasn't really a position, you know, there's no cover uh, no. to speak of. Uh, we'll wallop into her. We'll not crit her. And sallies forth on his noble horse and gores the producers over there for uh, 28 damage. Yep. 
She is approaching bloody, but not there yet. Yeah, they couldn't all hit Kaelin. No, no. Afraid not. Alright. The, the knight charges towards her. Um, and then it's Kaelin's turn. Yep. Kaelin will have, um, will quick draw matchless hunter, matchless sentinel, and, um, hit the cyclops. Um, I will step up towards Swiplana no, Sorrel. No. I'm defending. I'm endeavouring to defend her from this direction. Yep. And then um, I will endeavour to hit the Cyclops. And um, that's a um, thirty-three. You cleave into its armour. It is wearing thick, heavy armor, and you just smash into it. On the subject of things that I can't use to defeat this challenge, I presume I don't have a problem using this this sword? It doesn't seem... Nothing seems to happen to prevent you doing this. The sword doesn't feel unusually heavy in your hand. It still appears to retain all of its powers. Cool. I figured that was probably legit, because I I gained these swords in battle. I'm supposed to have them. I mean, there is a certain... um, Thing that says no, it should just go dead. Yeah, but it doesn't. Um, if you recall, it did originally at some point. Uh, yeah, when I was um, it, it stopped its ability stopped working when I entered the temple. Yeah. Um, no, if I don't miss. Um, last time when you fumbled, the sword stopped working here. Ah, you were yes. fighting um. What's the face? The guy tank. Yeah, and the sword stops. And you just stops. idly fumble, and you went, I roll a one, cool, I re-roll, and I said, cool, you hit him, but the sword stops working, and you went. So you might expect the same thing reasonably to happen in here again. Yeah, makes sense, which is a greater risk now, because my chances of fumbling just went up. Correct. But I didn't fumble that time. But for now, the sword feels normal in your hand, and does everything you would expect it to. Cool, and Kaelin has... Um, an array of backup weapons if the um, need calls. Yep. Cool. And I do. Uh, do I need to separate out the acid damage? No. I think Cyclops is super. These are not outsiders in any way, these are all just mortals. Yep. So the Avalets. 21 points of damage. Cool beans. You deal a hard blow to the Cyclops and it staggers away. Um, the reaction you get is a little more uh, cartoony than you were expecting. Where yeah. Svetlana gets cut, she seems to take a real wound and blood yeah. flows from her shoulder. Where you hit the Cyclops, it staggers really dramatically, throws its hands up, makes a no noise, and what appears to be blood just kind of sprays up out of it into the air and then kind of dissipates before it hits the ground. Yeah. You're definitely hurting it, but it's very obviously not real. Alright, second roll um, may not do it. That's a 24. Uh, no, that will do it comfortably. Excellent. Smash. I hit it again, and I do um, 19 points of damage. Cool. It's staggering dramatically, and where you appear to have cracked it vaguely in the direction of the jaw, even though you haven't punched it in the face, three of its teeth have 
being knocked out and one is hanging there making a faint piano noise that swings back and forth. As Kaelin has no con- cultural context for cartoons, he's completely baffled by yep. this. Yep. Alright, and then that's a 20, 23 on the third hit. Which will presumably do it. Yes, it will. Cool. And that's a very poor roll on the damage. That's another 14 points of damage. A solid blow the Cyclops is definitely looking beaten down. Which is good, because, you know, we have five more, four more of these guys to go through, and they're cleaving the shit out of Switlana. However, Caleb full attacks and um, does a bunch of damage, and then says to Switlana, if you can see, see a way to get yourself further back from them, uh, um, go to it, lass. I can, I can hold them off. There's only so many places to go. Thank you. Yeah, that's the general idea. This is the strangest place. <laughs> and it is Team Elf. Yep. I'm just looking at the um, ability. Okay. So the elf raises its bow, raises its hands, and then, of course, in Elven. The Elven Empire has risen to glory at one with the land. We will never fall. As ancient and as powerful as the trees themselves and fires an arrow into the air which flies over towards you. Um, as he aims an arrow at you, fires it. Uh, crit rates you on a 20. And very possibly confirms that. Uh, by miles, that's like a 37. Yeah, yeah, that will certainly do it. So an arrow hits you, jams into your shoulder, and then a moment later bursts into a cloud of webbing that spreads out across you. So we'll finish the damage first. Yep. Which is unfortunately triple. Yep. Um, 16, 24 damage. Yep, and Kaelin is hurt. And you, Svetlana, and the Cyclops all need to make me a reflex save as a giant spider web seems to burst out of the arrow itself. I um, don't know if freedom of movement applies here. Uh, You'll become entangled, which you will ignore, so it probably doesn't matter to you. No, it does not. Cool. So, Kaelin moves through the webbing as though he is magically immune to it. Yep. Svetlana and the Cyclops, however, may not be so fortunate. Uh, Svetlana will actually botch that. And she gets webbed up quite thoroughly. It looks like she is entangled in the web and unable to move. Ah, yep. It's fine. It wasn't like we were hoping she could retreat or anything. And the Cyclops just stands there like a brick and web goes all over them. Cool. also entangled and unable to move. Cool. The lizard folk look sideways at the elf. Yeah. Gives him this I'm watching you. Gives gives him this I watch you gesture. And the lizard woman reaches under her robes and says in says in draconic The great Aslanti Empire its technological marvels cannot be rivaled. We will be a part of history forever. 
pulls out what looks like a box with a metronome in it covered in lights and begins tweaking dials and twiddling things. And then stuff happens. Because they all have different abilities. And the atmosphere around you guys seems to change as a dark, thin, mist-like cloud goes and engulfs you two and the Cyclops. I like how everyone's throwing stuff at the Cyclops. And they are thin vapors of fog that are a yellowish-greenish. <laughs> they feel... They feel awful. Like it is soaking into your flesh. Uh, can you make me a fortitude save? I net 20. Svetlana will pass the Cyclops will pass. Okay. Some sort of toxic cloud. I failed my spellcraft roll, so I don't know anything about it. And she loses one point of con, you lose three, and the Cyclops loses two. Ouch. Which point the Cyclops staggers and looks kind of awful. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of hit points. Okay, so three makes me to an effective 15, at which point I... um. Drop a point of um, drop from eighteen to fifteen, and um, no, sorry, hang on, con, no, drop from yep, eighteen to fifteen. So I go from a plus four to a plus two. Two, correct. Yep. So that's um, right now I'm level fourteen. So that's um, fourteen times something subtracted from my hit points. Correct. Uh, so that'd be fifteen by two. 14 by 2. Okay, so that's um, minus 28 at the Okay. Yep, and Kalen looks like he's definitely feeling each of these blows. Alright, and that is Team Lizard Woman. Yep. And then... Like I promised, action, adventure, drama... And you hear dramatic background music plays. That's why Puck wanted to be on the initiative tracker? Yes. Round one of Puck is dramatic background music. Okay. And then it's Team Aboleth. Certainly noticing the being outnumbered in this. More! More! You hear. And. Another Cyclops comes out of its castle, preparing to enter the battlefield, and moves up towards you. The Aboleth will very slowly 
float towards you. Okay. And that is it. So another Cyclops. Another Cyclops. Yeah, it would be on the same ocean as this. Yep. Cyclops. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Svetlana looks around. Is caught in a web. Yep. And surrounded. And in a cloud kill. Yep. So that cloud is just kind of hovering over us. Correct. It hasn't gone any place. It like has it... not gone any place. All right. Good to know. Whatever this thing is, we can't stay in it. Sorry, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Brings a hand up, throws it down to the ground, and fire goes boom as she fireballs the area that she is in so yep. she can burn the web away. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, so can you make me a reflex save? Yep. You know, it's not my best save, or That's an 18. Uh, that is what you need. Sweet. So you save the half. She... Yep, that's awesome. She fireballs herself and rolls out of the way. Yep. Um, taking no damage, because she has evasion now. Yep. Um, the web burns away. Your um, your freedom of movement prevents you being stuck by the web, but does not prevent the fact there is web on you. Yep. Which catches fire and separately deals you five damage. Yep. And then I take the, you've made my reflex save, fireball damage. Yep. Fortuitously, she's deliberately not throwing any maximized. That's so full of her. Uh, 20 points of fire damage to you. Yep. Uh, the Cyclops is caught up in this and immolated. Yep. And simply dies, at which point I will trade minis out. Yep. Um, the knight tries to roll to one side as his horse catches fire from under him and burns and dies. Yeah. And the horse goes, No! No! And then hits the ground and, like, they just kind of lie there on the ground twitching and the next time you look round, it's gone. Yeah. It's It's got very cartoon fire over it. The horse yeah. is just kind of black and there's smoke billowing off the top. Yeah. But none of the elements that you'd expect, like, there's no real smell of burning to go with it. Yeah. So the knight is alive but damaged. Yeah. And his horse is dead. Yep. And Svetlana at this point will finish the damage. And Kaelin is bloodied at this point. He's on half his um, total. The knight does not look fabulous. She will, at this point, race out of the cloud. Yep. Um, and provokes from the night. Yep. Gadzooks! <coughs> Coughing, swings the lance at her and misses entirely. Yep. And then it is team... Surviving Cyclops. Surviving Cyclops steps in towards you. Its eye does not flash. And it swings its axe menacingly over your head. Sweet. Excellent. And... The Knight. Yes. Alas, poor Horsopheles. Mine honour is stained. Mm-hmm. Death, 
Oh, glory! Rushes forward towards you with his lance. Yep. Right. Lance. So he's doing back here. Uh, and I suspect it's death rather than glory. Yeah, that is a 21, which I imagine is going to comfortably miss you. Yeah, it is going to comfortably miss you. as his lance strikes your armor. That's very comforting that some of them are missing. Alrighty, and Kalen is not desperate to stay in this big cloud of toxic there. Yeah. How far does he have to get to get out of the cloud of toxic death? I should probably draw the cloud on the map and do the best way to do this. That would be very helpful. Because I'm perfectly happy if they want to stay in the cloud. That's that's their call. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing to some extent makes no sense. You know, yeah, yeah. It's dangerous to charge in the cloud, but you're really not expecting them to um, yeah. behave in a sane fashion like their lives matter. Yeah. A cloud. Thank you. That's very helpful. That's going to provoke from both of them, isn't it? I think whatever you do is going to end up provoking from both of them. At which point I might as well go where I choose, but let's count it out. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. So between them and Sweat Lama, Kaelin falls back. No, sorry. Um, Kaelin, again, 5, 10, 15, 20, and remembers that he's wearing heavy armor and does not have boots of scrying and stringing. So he falls back, but still stands between the two of them, and as he does so, he provokes. Cyclops again whooshes his axe past you. Uh, Knight is on 26, which is better. Uh, But not good enough. Clang. For his action, he's either going to hit one of them, he's going to either hit them before he leaves, or after he leaves, throw a magic item, but I just wanted to establish where he winds up. And yeah, um, he's going to um, try a single hit on the... Um, the Cyclops is undamaged, the knight is um, damaged, but... Uh, damaged, looking blo- looking slightly bloody. Yeah, so he's going to try a single hit on the knight, and he will cleave the Cyclops if he hits the knight. Yep. Okay, so um, that's a thirty-one to hit the knight. Easily, he is in full full armor with a shield, but nowhere near enough. All right, and that is um, I know I'll re-roll that because it was a couple died there. Yeah. Um, twenty-three damage to the knight. Yes, he's immune to acid. He is not. And no. For the love of humanity! Ah! Falls back. Yep. And disappears. Caelan will cleave round and endeavor to hit the Cyclops on the way out. Yep. Okay, um... And that's a 26, which I believe will do it based on the last Cyclops' AC. Yes, indeed. Uh, Can you roll me a second d20? So you swing at the Cyclops, and for a moment... Feel satisfaction as your foe staggers back. And then go that it just it didn't have the heft that it usually has when you connect solidly with flesh like it isn't and then you stare at it again. You can see through the transparent illusion now. Ah. Okay. There is no cyclops. Ah. People are just messing with me. Mm. Oh, like the Avalith is messing with me. Avalith! Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, one foe down. <laughs> Two foes down, technically. That means the Cyclops and the human are both off the map. Yep. 
However, if I'd realized only an injured human was standing in that cloud kill, I totally have directed my attack at the Ambleth. Alright, that worked yeah, pretty which well. Which is sort of the point. That worked pretty well for him. <laughs> okay, and um, that was Kaelin's turn. On the other hand, we're further back, which is nice. Are you going to shout to Svetlana, look, the Cyclops is Toad's no Uh, yes, um... It's something the Ambleth won't understand. Well, that's certainly going to be the goal. Um, I bet she speaks Dwarven. Actually, she doesn't. Ah, interesting. You don't have enough dwarf services, right? I was just expecting it because of Oleg. That is a good point, but I haven't given that to her. No, that's fine. She doesn't doesn't have to speak that. Um, I feel like I would know what languages she does speak. Yeah, yeah. What what have you got? She's got some standing. Um, Orc orc would be the obvious one. Could she speak Orc? Yes. Excellent. For you. Right. Um... And it's not like the, um, like, what are the odds the Aboleth is going to speak? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, Kaelin growls, um, to Svetlan, no, it's a trick, it's not a real Cyclops in Orc. She stares at it. Are you sure? It... Yes, I see it, with the plus four bonus, otherwise I don't make my will save. Yep. Good things. And then it is Team Pointy Ears. Team Pointy Ears. Who, you know, look at that tempting lizard man. <laughs> the cloud spreads further. Well, that's annoying. It is continuing to billow out from the centre. Yeah, well, at least Svetlana's out of the way. I can't say I can afford the, the additional cotton loss. Uh, you... I'm not suffering from this, although you think if you stay in right, the cloud, yeah. you will have problems. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also not something that it looks like the Elven Archer is doing, so much as the cloud is just spreading its... Uh, yeah, sorry, the, the, the lizard folk is doing is the cloud is just spreading. But that does mean... Does that give the lizard, the elf any penalties to shoot at me, given that I'm in the cloud? Yes, and technically yeah. should be the elf going first in the cloud, expanding, yeah. but... Um, Sound sound, he's gonna shoot through the cloud anyway. Well, he doesn't have to if he if the cloud expands or the lizard's folks turn. Yeah, but he's gonna shoot through it. Oh right, yes, I see. He's he has to worry about that anyway. Yep. Um, so the elf will pull another arrow, fire it through the crowd, and he does not have a magical seeking thing. So is he shooting at me or at Swinlana? At you. Okay. The arrow fires, it looked accurate when it went in, then it punches through the cloud and goes past your head, where it explodes in a shower of glittering dust. Um, and the elf looks over at the lizard folk. Curse you, scaly one. <laughs> have your, have your te- has your technology not done enough damage to this world? Yeah. Foolish tree climber. The Aslanti Empire is far greater than anything your pathetic people have ever done. She will step forward into the cloud 
apparently unharmed by this. Right. Um, it's her cloud. Yeah, it's her cloud? Oh, right. Did she set it off with Oh, uh, yeah, that's technical, right. She's the lizard. Technical yeah. device. Yeah. Um, and she adjusts her device, twiddles with it, and a fireball goes boom out from it and hits the Cyclops in you. Yeah, but the Cyclops is an illusion. Yes. Make me a reflex save. Just me, not Svitlana? Just you, she can't get both of you. Cool. I net 20 my reflex save. Uh, have 14 points of damage. Yep. Yep. So one which is she used the spell. Yep. Okay. And then that's Team Wizard Folk. And Puck. Oh, 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 good gods, y'all, what is good for absolutely nothing? And all the castles get up and go forward with this horrendous grinding of stone. And the battle map gets more. Uh, only to a point. That is as far as they go. The other castles stay over here. Okay. But that's certainly going to, like that um, shrinking battle map in the um, j- in the um, jade regions. Yes. It'll certainly become problematic given the cloud kills filling the area. Then you see miscellaneous archers who very clearly weren't there a moment ago just kind of appear on the walls and start raining arrows down into the battlefield. Again, you've got archers of all varieties including knights that are on horses, for no reason, they're on horses yeah. up in the battle mat, and abolets who have bows, yeah. shooting them like this. Uh, arrows rain down on everyone, yeah. including all the bad guys. Yeah. It's the elves start shooting at the abolets, the abolets yeah. shoot at the lizard folk, the lizard folk shoot at the cyclopses. Yeah. Arrows rain down across the world. And everybody takes seven damage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which you can resist if you have DR and that sort of thing. But I do not. Yeah. Okay. And that is. Puck's turn. Puck's turn. And it's the Aboleth. The Aboleth. swims through the air to there. It doesn't look like... It, it, it's basically it's swimming in its own water mm. bubble. It seems to be moving on God knows what logic. Then swims closer and you feel that pressure in your mind again. The beast will serve. Make me a wizard. Rolling well. Uh... Thirty-four. The beast does not feel that it needs to serve the Aboleth. No. And um, Kalen's going to call all to sweat at Lana. Fall back if you can. 
We yeah, need to rig. We need you. Ah, that way. Yeah, yeah that, that way. Further from the Avalus. Further from the cloud. Further yeah. from the Avalus. Further from the cloud to the bit where we've got a bit more space. Kaelin's feeling the need to, you know, possibly stop and drink a potion of some kind. That's fair. She routinely casts Overland Flight. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and as she has five fifth level spell slots and nothing but teleports to do with the rest of them, yep. she cast Overland Flight on you and her this morning. Oh, cool. Last five billion hours. Yep. Cool. So, having remembered this, yep. um, she will fly upwards. She is above the cloud. As she goes up, the castles grow with her. Yep. But the cloud itself remains down. She will fly up, and then she lets fly with the thorn bow, arcing down towards the elf archer, I think. Yep. I have a clear shot from here. Hits him with ease. The holy light of Thornbow does not seem to kick off. Yeah. As if this thing is not evil. Yeah. And deals him uh, 10 points of damage with some fire. Because she's got the flaming arrow as well. Yeah. Then it is Caleb. Alright. Kaelin likes the look of this plan. Um, he flies up as well. Yep. To about the same height that she's at out of the um out of the cloud. Yep, fair enough. Um and um Then he will draw a bead of fireball. Yep. And drop it on the Avalon. Fair enough. He is tiring of it. It, it writhes like a giant fat fish. Yep. And takes 76 of fire damage. Provokes a capital city. That's what I want to Yeah. Oh, this is a very expensive magic item. You're not going to tell me that's not where the Avalith is. Fire damage, which may or may not do anything, and uh, 32 to my counter will save. You see the flames lick into the Avalith and then lick across it, producing like some sort of cartoony smoke effects. 
But you're sure you just saw some fire clip through the... Uh, it's an illusion. Okay, so where is the real Aberleth? What a great question. I can't see it, can I? No, you can't. Alright, so I say, no, and that's not the damn Aberleth. But that was my best fire beat I had left. I don't know what these things are, but I really hate them. Alright, I say that's not the damn fish creature, because I don't know it's an Aberleth. You don't have any kind of illusory dismissy type things, do you? If I could dispel anything, I would get rid of that cloud. As it is, I can search for its mind, but it will take time. Let's get rid of the other two first. Sounds like a plan. Among other things, I need to get a minute. As soon as I get a minute, I need to drink something. I'm I'm running low. Kaelin hopes that um, his enemies are going to be thwarted by the flying because he's he needs an entire round to draw and drink a potion to counter one of the things that's happened to him. Anyway, while I find my um, equipment shit to cross off my bead of fireball, we may rely upon the Elven Empire to last forever. May our kingdom. May our kingdom stretch to eternity. Shall spread its majestic light to your heathenish ways. That arrow goes plink off you. Yep. And then bursts into a cloud of glittery dust that goes into your eyes. Ah, yep. Can you give me a fortitude save? Rub off my good fireball, wasted on a stupid illusion. Avalanche! I like them. Alright, is that a will save? A will, a fortitude, sorry. Fortitude save. Uh, you may well have said fortitude, I just got confused. 28. Okay. You appear to be covered in a sparkling greenish glitter. Yeah. It's itching at your eyes, but you are not blind. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And also not shot. And the arrow doesn't do anything because it hits, fails to smell your AC. Yep. So I came out. Yes. <laughs> I wish I dropped the fireball beat on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizardy friend, uh, lizard folk friendly looks out of the cloud at the other. Your magic is pathetic, Nightbeers, compared to faithful, reliable technology. She clicks her heels together, reaches down, and under her robe, she's obviously got something on because. She begins flying as well. Oh, very nice. So, fiddles with her items and flies. Yep. Then there's Puck. Now I need to go back to my other other notes. And um, does the cloud get wider? Uh, It does, yes. Which is um, wooden. Convenience the Avalith if that's where it was actually standing, but might be convenient that wherever it is really standing. And You see? Action, drama, consequence of choice, mighty empires rising and falling. It must be hard to be the king. Ding, 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 ding. Such pressure. Ding, 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 ding. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And you see all the others that you can see stagger and clutch at their heads. Yeah. As do you and Svetlana. 
Yeah. Who are now also wearing crowns. Uh, Caelan was wearing his all the way in, so he was actually... If you're wearing an actual one and has not yeah. been replaced, Svetlana yeah. has had one added to her head. Yeah. And it feels incredibly heavy. Like it is weighing and pushing you down. And can you give me a will save? Yeah. Really kicking ass on these saves. 33. You feel this effect trying to slow and weigh your body down. But it is not coming from the physical object, it is coming from your mind. You push it away. You are not slowed, nor is Svetlana. The elf, however, staggers, raises his bow again more slowly. The lizard folk begins to turn the dial a little more slowly. The Adelith and the Cyclops show no ill effects of this. Yeah, because the Cyclops is going to wink out in a couple of rounds, and so is the Adelith. Neither of them are actually... Um... That doesn't tell us whether the real it worked on the real one. So these two are slowed. Right, cool. Point, which is basically they have one less action to turn. Sweet. Uh, and that is Puck. Uh, Wherever Mr. Avalith is. I'm going to find out if you can just swim upwards. <laughs> well, I mean, would it surprise you if you could fly? No, not particularly. Um. Around you and Svetlana, there is a sudden sort of flash of hypnotic lights appearing out of thin air. <laughs> Gah! Can you make me a will save? Thirty-five. Inviting as it is to just stare hypnotically into them. You screw your eyes up and turn your head away, and a moment later they are gone. Yep. Uh, Svetlana. Did she do, did make yes, that as well? Yes, she will save as well. Because she's got nice hot will saves too. Yeah. Because Paladin. Yeah. Plus five miscellaneous modifier to will saves. Yeah. Um, really had quite enough of this. You want to play a game of spells and fire? Fine. Let's play. Shh. Erestil. Give my fire strength. <laughs> and gets fucked off and chucks a maximized fire. Pulls out a rod of maximization and chucks a maximized fireball at the lizard fuck. Sweet. Oh dear. <laughs> Variable not calculated correctly. Uh, it fails its will save and takes 60 damage in the right, game. It fails the reflex save? fails the reflex save, sorry. Oh, nice. As this cloud of fire just goes BOOM all around it. Yeah. Listen, folk one reaches up and goes <coughs> and coughs out of a cartoony cloud of smoke. Yeah. And looks horribly damaged. Sweet. Then it is Team U. Yes. And floating 40 feet in the air, Kalen draws and drinks the potion. He is feeling a bit tired.
in fact, he will draw and drink a potion of lesser restoration. And um, his con goes back up to 16, not as it was, but um, he gains 14 hit points back. Yep. Looks a he looks a little bit and looks a little bit better. And um, yep, and did we, we had the cloud expanded on the lizard folks turn, didn't we? Yes. Yep. And now it's Cal's turn. So the next lizard folk. Yep. So the elf then the lizard folk, and they've both got one action apiece. The elven archer slowly begins manipulating the arrow and casting magic into it, and yep. then runs out of actions and stops. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the cloud spreads out to the castle walls at this point, yep. and then further in this direction, so I'll let me bother with that one. Yep. Which is, the elf archer is in the cloud. Yes. Yep. Um, which is not a problem for this turn, but for the next yep. turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Just adjusts the diameter in the odiferous nature. Variable effects. And begins playing with the device again. And another cloud. Um, this one appearing to be black forms around the two of you again. Yep. Floating in midair at this point. Mm-hmm. And you can both make me a fortitude save. Okay. Thirty-five. Curse your iron stomachs. Mm. Clearly your diet has improved from subsistence level. It stinks awfully in this cloud. You sort of want to hold your nose and just gag vilely, but you restrain yourself from doing so. Cool. And then it is Puck. I think we're getting near to the crescendo. Dun 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 And silence. And total quiet falls over the battlefield as the music stops. 
as everything appears to go silent. And Kaelin realizes, like, your sword is no longer producing any sound in the air. Everyone is silenced. Captain. Which is not terribly inconvenient for you, but no. it's for other people. Yeah, yeah, we'll mess with people's little spell, spell abilities and stuff. Including Svetlana's, which is unfortunate. But she can still shoot people with her flamey, flamey arrows. Right. Assuming we can get up. The illusory Aboleth and Cyclops basically move under you and make menacing gestures. Yeah. I'm not really bothering at the point yeah, where yeah. you've um, The Cyclops is kind of trying to throw little throwing axes at you yeah. and missing horribly. The Aboleth is waving its arms. Nothing happens that you can see from the Aboleth's point of view. Yep. Um, Svetlana looks at her rod, looks over at the lizard folk, and yeah. <laughs> points silently at her, unable to throw another fireball. Then shrugs, aims the bow, and fires an arrow. So can she see through this cloud? Uh, this one is... Uh, that's a good point. Because you might need to fly yeah, out of so the cloud. Yep, so up, up, up she goes. Yep. And the cloud does not go with her. The oh. height of the castle falls. Do. So she cannot full attack, but she flies up, lands a single shot. That. Coupled with the fireball. The arrow is still aflame, and arcs majestically over, catches the lizard folk in the throat, and there is no sound, but she throws her hands up in the air and gives a big dramatic silent <laughs> to the heavens. And then falls into the cloud, waving her arms and silently screaming the whole way. Yep. <laughs> and Kaelin will fly over to here. Yep. Um, and then um, he can't talk, yep. but he gives the um, elf archer a big shitty fanny, fanny orc grin and drops a bead of fireball on it. <laughs> Which, of course, requires no somatic components. Correct. This one is not quite as good. It is my 5d6 fireball. I'm trusting you'll hit the Adelus with any of these that I have. Yeah, I know where the Adelus is and what it's doing. Yeah. He fails that right out. Well, that's very thoughtful of him, because I didn't roll super well. Um, So that's um, 15 points of fireball damage. The elf looks reasonably badly burned. Yay. He has terrible elven constitution. And cloud spreads some more. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's just going that way. So Switlana's now up two levels of high, whereas yep. Kaelin is one level of high in, in, in the middle of the area. Lizard folk leaves initiative, and the elf... Elf makes a silent cough, cough gesture as, she bre- as he breathes in some cloud. Yeah. Looks over where the lizard folk was... Waves a fist dramatically in the air. Yep. Um, and takes a bunch of calm damage. Takes a bunch of calm damage. And then lets fly with the arrow that was prepared last round. So yep. doesn't have to cast a spell or do it anymore. <laughs> Up into Kaelin. Who, uh, passes the mischance of the cloud. And then probably fails on your AC. Uh, that's a 23. That will indeed miss Kaelin's AC. It glances off your armor, the spell on it goes off, 
and Kaylin needs to make me a fortitude save. Okay. And I rolled poorly after a million good rolls, so it's nice that it's um, my fort save, but that may still not do it. That's a 19. You begin to bleed from the wound that never quite pierced your armour, as if yep. some, some sort of sharp spell has cut you. Yep. Uh, you take five points of damage. Yep. And, and I am bleeding? No. Uh, Having made the fortitude save, you are not bleeding. Oh, cool. The wound seems to close up pretty rapidly and stops bleeding. Sweet. And, and the elf is still conscious? Just, yes. Wow, that was a, that's a, some impressive elfy tanky. Music! Let there be music! And sound resumes on the battlefield. Uh, The Aboleth does apparently nothing. Yep. And you can give me a... Sense motive check. Uh, 18. You don't see this. Elf and whatever that creature is, it's reached out into his mind and is controlling him. It casts Dominate on the elf Ah. and makes it do something. So it must be over in that, it must be over in that region then. Because it hit, it hit me with its tentacle. No, the no. Fir- the first one it wasn't even remote. Ah, uh, true. It just kind of waved its arms yeah. and for people to Yeah. Um. That is Team Aboleth. Yep. Sultana. Well, maybe pick him off this round then, so he can't do whatever the Aboleth wants him to. Still an orc. I cannot say I am deeply worried about it, given that he is still slow. Yeah. True enough. Maybe see if you can find the thing then. She will cast Detect Thoughts. Cool. There are people thinking. Yeah. She needs next round for it to... Yeah. All right. Well, Kaelin um, can't see any opponents he's deeply concerned about, so for this round he draws and drinks a potion of cure serious wounds. Yep. And um, regains a whole bunch of hit points, one hopes. Certainly could be worse. Um. Picks up 20 hit points. He demonstrates his mastery of consumable resources. You know, because if it, it wants to hang around and lurk in the shadows, that that cool with me. Elf mutters something in Elven and casts its hands out. There's a ripple of magic through here, and the green toxic cloud disappears. Ah, sweet. And that is his turn. Okay. Uh, at which point, let's up the tempo. Everybody is unslowed. Yay. Well, not yay, because that's... Um... Alrighty. Team Aboleth. On the other hand, the elf must be in uh, pretty terrible shape, given the amount of uh, various things that have been dropped on it at this point. Ah. Uh, Tempo. Yes, it is looking poorly. The castles bend, inception style, and meld into each other into a roof over your head, which starts coming down. Ah, yep. Uh, so at this point, you are um, 
up at around 60 feet, and your current cap is about 80. Okay. So is Switlana basically her head's brushing the ceiling? No, no, she's 20 foot below the ceiling. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you've come down to get at the elf. Yeah, I, I'm, so I, she's about 80 foot up, I'm about 40 foot up. Yep. Yep. Sweet. And, uh, Team Abolith does apparently nothing. Okay. Svetlana thinks, and wonders how much smarter this thing is than her, and the answer is actually not terribly. She doesn't mind blast herself, man, from man, how to start. It's, defin- it's definitely here. Somewhere, she says, and plus for concentration, so that is what you can do with that. Uh, and then it is you. Yep. Um, Kellen, um continues his grin at the elf and um, draws another bead of fireball and drops it on him. By the sacred trees of Elvendom! No! Kaelin's used up all his good beads of fireball, but it was all worth it. Elf is dead. Yeah. Puck plays on. War! Such great battles! Casualties, action, adventure, everything you wanted. Arrows arc through the air. Yep. Which hopefully hit the Aboleth as well. Uh, everybody takes another nine damage. I'm super glad I spent that time healing. I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to stop and heal myself soon. I'm all going to be in trouble. Uh, if you can just give me a location first, Les, that would be great. But if you're running out, you're running out. It's, it's, it's I can feel it. I can feel its mind and yours. And something. Ah, uh-uh, ah, no, no, you don't want to do that. I, I am fairly confident Puck is thinking as well. I can't detect this. Yeah, uh, maybe don't try and. Don't try and listen in that direction, Les. Other than us, there's only one mine left on this battlefield. It is... Oh, son of a bitch. She says, swears under her breath in old phone, which is basically Russian. Yeah. Us. It's right where it started. The castle walls haven't moved. Not once. So... It's sitting over here, behind the illusory walls. Ah. Right, says Caitlin. <laughs> Good to know. And that's what Svetlana does for her round. Yep. But the Aboleth, um has a round first. Yes, it's done its thing. Oh, it's done its invisible thing? Yes. Alright. Um, 
It's not invisible, it's behind an illusion. Okay. How um how much can Kalen how much movement does Overland Flight give Kalen? Uh good question. It is still the Avalus is still at ground level, so you can land and run. Yeah, but I'm very slow at running and it would become obvious that I know where it is. Uh thirty feet in heavy armor. Okay. Alrighty. So um Kalen is going to go stay 40 feet up, yeah. go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, yeah. and begin and spend his action searching Looking for the Aboleth. Yeah. Searching for the Aboleth, so he's going to make a bluff check. Sure. With his shitty, shitty bluff. Uh, and first, can you actually give me a will save and a plus four bonus to see if you can actually see through the illusion? Uh. 28. Okay. Yes, the walls no longer appear quite as real to you. Yeah. Uh, every part of this is not something Puck has done, it's something the Aboleth has done. The castles are sitting right where they always were. Right. There is no roof over your head. Yeah. Which is why the Aboleth dismissed the cloud kill, because it's getting... Because it's in the cloud... It was in the cloud kill. Yeah. Going through the only illusory walls. Yeah. And it was choking. Yeah. You can now see it, and it looks like it's taken calm damage. Sweet. Because it still has to breathe. Yeah. Um, Although I don't understand why the elf... Oh, maybe it was the no that sense of self-preservation. Why the elf didn't dispel the cloud kill on its own bat. Uh, it was the wizard's cloud kill? Yeah. But the elf... The Abelist made the elf dispel the cloud kill? It is basically the no sense of self-preservation thing. Yeah, because they they're constructs for Puck's game that don't yeah. care whether they live or die. Yeah, but each of them has their own internal motivations. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's convoluted. Yeah. They're, they're not designed to work together as a seamless whole. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> the apple stares blankly at you with its blinking eye, unable to discern what you're up to. Okay, so the the bluff. I don't need the big bluff yet. Yep. Cool. So Kaelin moves that move, is still forty feet up, flies in this general direction, and begins a um, apparently aimless attempt to stab to see if he can stab anything. Yep. And Spitlana will have a quick discussion with you of what's what's your master plan here. Basically, I'm endeavouring to get to within thirty feet of it, and then rush it and stab it horribly with my sword. Um, she's welcome to. And we'll just have to see if it tries anything else in the meantime. I think, um, given I've spent a couple of rounds healing, it's not appropriate for her to spend a bit of time yep. healing herself. But, you know, as I'm going to be moving up to it, it's going to be, now is more appropriate to fire, time to fireball it than later will be. Svetlana will heal herself of 21 damage as she draws and drinks a potion. Cool. And calls out to you in Feldane. I can't see it anywhere. Yeah. Fuck, this is a trick. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is back to you again. Okay. I will... Um... Five, fifteen, twenty-five, thirty. Yep. Um, fly up towards it. Yep. And 
and start tapping on the walls like a mime. Yeah, and then start, you know, um, feeling and stabbing around, and I spend my round searching for it. Puck gets to do it over her thing. Puck, at this point, just kind of sits there watching this. Action! Adventure! Stories! <laughs> and it's Team Aboleth. Team Aboleth. Um, reaches out. Because I'm hoping, I'm, I'm trying to motivate it to stay behind its super illusion where I can't find it. You see Svetlana hold it to her head for a minute. Aha! No, and she pushes this dominate off as well. Lovely. And it's her... And, um, Kaelin will say in Orc, now would be a good time, now would be a good time to let it know we know where it is. She will fly towards it. I have no idea what manner of thing you are, but you are a strangely cowardly creature. I am glad you do not exist in our day and age. Raises the rod. Still, uh, it is technically underwater. She's just not that kind of guy. Even underwater, you can probably burn. <laughs> and let's fly with another maximized fireball. Yep. Uh, she will make the spellcraft check because as soon as she casts, once she casts it, it does go underwater. Yep. So she's got to cast it. She's got to cast steam. It turns into superheated steam and goes boom. And yep. Kaylin is out of range of this. Yep. Of course, the point. Yes, because next round I'm going to be in melee with it. This round I'm going to get into melee with it, and this is her opportunity to fireball it. I don't need to roll. It rolls a reflex save, fails horribly, and takes 60 points of damage. This right here? This is what's great about sorceresses. It's the way they can just keep dropping fireballs all damn day. And you see the illusory abolith that is still over there sort of shrieks and flails its arms? Yeah. But the real the one... The real one also doesn't shriek, but winces and curls in on itself. Yep. And for Kaelin's, 5... 15... Yep, you step straight through the wall. Yep. 20, and uh, um, he will fly down, so he's now 20 foot up. Yep. So that he's within range of stabby stabbies. Yep. Because he can only, you know, he's only got so much flight movement to, yep. to work with. And um, then he and um, yeah, he will stabby stabby. You know, I'm thinking you wouldn't hide behind that many illusions if you were keen on people hitting you. <laughs> and he will hit it with matchless sentinel, which negates invisibility, but not illusions. Yeah. Although it does have blindsight within thirty feet, but of course it was further back. All right, and he gets a thirty-one. Um, this is an aberration in chaotic outsider bane weapon. Yep, is this it is a... an aberration. Sweet, 33. Yep, you wallop it. Yep. Okay. Any special deal with the acid? No, the um, it, it appears to have this cloud of water around it, but your sword cuts through it no problem, as if it's just a vague justification for this thing existing in the air, as opposed to creating any actual force of water. Yep. Like the, like the sort of cartoony smoke is yep. part of the game, as opposed to providing you any rules-based problems. Okay. 
20, as I rolled pretty poorly on the damage, cool. the yeah. um, outside of it, but that's whipped the outside of Bane in there. You smash into the Aberleth. It is cut, and it sprays out a cloud of slime as you strike into it, which goes over your body. Yep. Can you give me a fortitude save? Ooh! I crit fumble. You really struggling to breathe through your gills. Wait, you you have gills in your neck now. Okay. That that have just grown in your flesh, and you are trying to breathe through air and breathe through through your mouth and breathe through gills at the same time, and cannot bring yourself under control enough to. Uh, work out how to breathe. Yeah. Effectively, at this point, you go, ah, 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 and yep. sit there flapping. Yep. Um, and then we are to Svetlana. Uh, no. Then we are, that was my attack, we're to the Aberleth. Ooh! Now that's interesting. <laughs> let's, let's see where this plays out. Mm-hmm. And... So it's the Abel's. Yeah, yeah, she's looking to him, yeah. There's the Abel's turn, and it turns its great eye upon you, and you hear its voice echoing in your head again. The beast will serve, or it will be changed. And its tendrils flicker out at this point, and four tendrils smash into you. Yep. Uh, what's the AC it's aiming for? 31. None of them will land. And then it is Svetlana, who sees that you are drowning. Yeah. Can't really do anything about that. Um, let's fly with Thornbow at this point. Yep. She doesn't want to chuck another fireball in there and ruin you. Unless you definitely desire to be burned horribly to death. Um, I would um, probably prefer not. Yeah, yeah. Cool. she will fly out. The, the, her maximized fireballs are pretty bad. Yeah, 60 damage or four. Yeah. Uh, smash, smash, and crit for it. Oh, good girl. And confirmation. Good girl. If you dominate the mind of another, it is likely that you are evil. Thornbow again doesn't glow as she fires it. She's just like, mm-hmm. like it, it should be evil, but it isn't. Yeah. Because it's just a construct. Um, and she opens fire on and lands two hits in a crit. Sweet. Whether you are evil or not, whatever whatever part of the game this is, 
We have to move on with this story. <laughs> and let's fly three rapid shots. One into one gill, one into the other, and the third one straight through the eye. As with the crit, and then she deals a total of 52 points of damage. Oh, yes. And the Avalif staggers back, flailing, it's flailing. The water bubble around it bursts and it falls to the ground. <laughs> and you hear in your head, No! The Abolithian Empire must succeed. No! And then it vanishes. A moment later, all the castles in the battlefield vanish. Kalen starts breathing again and appears yep. to no longer have... He feels, feels cautiously at his neck. You are still injured. You yep. have all the damage you have sustained. And... Like I promised. Action. Drama. Feel free to take a minute. It gets sadder from here. And Puck vanishes, and you are just standing on the book in space. The sword is notably still over there, well, you don't have any real expectation you'll be able to just wander up and grab it. Yeah. Alright. Now that I can... You know, breathe and stuff. I, th- I think I might drink a few more things. I don't know if the rest of this is story or more challenges or what, but I'll with, feel a bit. With Puck, how could we ever trust anything? Oh, that was nice work finding the Avalith. Great job, Lass. Yeah, a little clatter on the back. You too. I would not like to do this again. Kaelin will drink a potion of cure moderate wounds. And another one. And another one. And Spectana will drink another cure mod. Um, do you want healing from your lay on hands or are you good? Kellen looks considerably better, but wouldn't mind a little bit of the lay on hands. 20? Sounds great. <laughs> Alright. And Kellen is um, only about 15 points under at that point. She's about 5 under, which point she can't well. If we have the time, and we'll cast on herself Resist Fire, we'll cast Resist Fire on you. Lovely. Um, we'll cast False Life on herself. Yeah. Uh, and we'll cast false life on you, because she can. Sweet. Oh, and Kaelin will um uh drink another potion of lesser restoration. Yep. Um so that he can actually gain all those hit points back without hitting a cap, which successfully removes all his con damage. And have effectively eleven temporary hit points. Cool. False life. So Otherwise, he can't get back up to the, that close to his total, which doesn't appeal to him, so he drinks two of his three potions of lesser restoration. Yes, he has carries three potions of lesser restoration. Alright. And how are you doing as a player? Do you want to leave it at the end of chapter three? Do you want to keep going? Um, how much more is there to go? Uh... Probably as much again. 
Right. Um, Maybe less. Then at that point, I think that probably is about the point to leave it be, because we've had about um, four hours, apparently. Oh, we didn't start till 12. Yeah, and it's... Oh, yeah, three hours. We've had about three hours. I'm kind of keen to know what happens and, you know, what Pug's big secret is and where's Tristram and all that kind of stuff, but... So, if you want the dramatic conclusion, I can give you the um, next chapter. Yeah, let's have the next chapter and the dramatic conclusion. Alright, so you and Spitlana take a few minutes to get get a breather, yeah. repair yourselves, etc, etc. Nothing appears to happen here. Puck does not reappear. No yeah. external force moves you on. Um, and then... Well, are we ready? As we're getting, I suspect. Next chapter! <laughs> yeah, as Puck just reappears next yeah. to you as if she has been there all along. And she says, now, where were we? Where were we? There was the jungle and the out, there was the jungle and the outer dark and the battlefields, and there is the, the rapid flip of pages, as suddenly around you in the span of a couple of seconds, a giant jungle grows, falls apart, the stars go out, castles rise, the battlefields emerge, things run out and just run through you. Yeah. <laughs> she recaps the story yeah. hastily up till this point. Um, the High Fae gave up their powers, a chance for other empires to rise and fall. And the four shadowy figures in the background, the three High Fae and Puck, at this point, as the uh, as the empires fall, as the people fall around you, the great castles remain, and there are still a bunch of people bustling on the walls. They're no longer in battle, but the empires are still happening. And the three figures step forward, and as they step out of space and into the battlefield, into the book itself, they are no longer shadows. They solidify, of course, into four figures, Oberon, Mab, Titania, and Puck, just kind of quietly floating along in the background behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Puck flies away from them and flies back round to behind you. And she says, for all this, and gestures at all the mortal civilization going on, mortals never saw what's happening in the background. You can be surprisingly blind. And for a moment she looks more serious and sad. And Oberon, Mab, and Puck, uh, um, Oberon, Mab, and Titania basically walk into the middle and are having an animated, if silent, conversation with each other. In the background is Puck and the Rays. Oberon, Mab wanted to let the time of the First World pass into history. Let mortal kind do as it would. They would change as mortal kind needed to. Become more than they were and less than they were. Old gods do new jobs. Mortal perception shapes and makes them. Mab became less of the Lady of Cold and more of stars and dreams and travel. People named her Desna. And Mab, as she is talking to Titania, shifts and changes and becomes a woman with great butterfly wings growing out of her. And... There is a low volume of argument in the background. You can't make out any words. It's just the sort of walk, walk, noise, but it's clearly getting very heated. And Puck flies around to Tanya and looks at her sadly. 
but Titania wouldn't change. She argued that mortals would not be safe. They would make war on each other, gestures towards the castles, bring destruction for themselves. And in their desire for power, they would pull at the cracks where the outer dark seeps its tendrils in, and there's a crack as one of the castles gives way entirely in the background, and the darkness seems to flow slightly in, and Titania gestures at it and waves her hand at the others. She said the High Fae must bring about a permanent peace. You know enough about Fae to know about the link between the ruler and the land, yes? Yeah, I. At this point, Galerian was still her land. Just, like, you don't really understand if they're talking about the scale of time of thousands of years yeah. that passed while this is happening, or if it all happened at the beginning and they sort of saw what people would be. Yeah. It's very well outside of Kaelin's level. Yeah. As long as she willed it so, mortal kind on the world the High Fae had made could not do otherwise. And the castle is restored instantly. All the people on the walls are standing there, smiling, happy, peaceful, the wars have all stopped. Everything just seems stuck. The smiles fixed on their faces. Yeah, flushes. And Oberon gestures to the walls, gestures to Titania, and shakes his hands at her. Puck looks sad again. Oberon is of growth. He would not allow the mortal world to simply stop in space, stop in place to suit Titania's will. Three argued and argued. And when families fight, Arguments can turn the bitterness. Imagine how Titania felt when... Well, less time to tell the story and more time to live the story. And Puck snaps her fingers again. And Mab turns back into Mab, turns ice cold and becomes a statue of ice and raises her hands. No... A world kept always the same, static behind glass, is just another form of the oblivion we have fought to prevent. Titania, this cannot continue. And Oberon moves forward, his flesh turning to hard bark as he becomes wooden, and you realise Titania has disappeared from Mr. Blue, and you are standing in her place. His hands come up towards you in a choking position, and vines begin to wind out from them. And his voice is full of a deep and sad regret. This must be. And he reaches for your throat. Ah, there it is. And that is where we will leave it be. Dun dun dun. And Kaelin's eyes flash with sudden recognition. Yep. As now you need to fight, um, to, the context is fairly obvious here, you need to fight Mab and Oberon to proceed with the story. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're clearly just versions of them. Yeah. Oberon is a creature now made of wood and vine. Mab is a creature made of ice. Yeah. But presumably they won and not lost, but... Presumably. I mean, this isn't, you know, necessarily the, um... What, what puzzles you is imagine how Titania felt here 
well, you, you don't need to imagine it, you need to experience it. Yeah. Experience Oberon and, uh, Oberon and Mab turning on you and trying to kill you. Yeah. And as to what happened next, you don't know, but to yes. find out, you'll need to live through the next bit of the story. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun.